Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 801, March 2nd, 2022. We hit a record high of 54 degrees uh, on this day. That was in 1923, and it was 17 below in 1913. And just because it amuses me, uh, 15 of the 31 warm temperature records for March were established before 1990. So half. And now, Got it. from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. So, John, you watched the entire State of the Union. I, I did, sir, yes. I did, and uh, Kenny and Reavers did not. Uh, all I can say is you didn't miss much. That's pretty oh. much the conclusion I was going to come to. My only takeaway is how terribly unmemorable it was. He didn't have a cognitive breakdown or anything like that. He had a few gaffes, big deal. Everyone would. But the behavior of those that were not the president, I think, is worth... It was very Con- strange. Condemning. Very strange. It was, it, was, it was odd. Nancy Pelosi and Kamala Harris sat behind him, and Kamala Harris kept moving her mouth to say the words he was supposed to say. <laughs> so she got the script, but he didn't then. And and Pelosi was just, uh, she wasn't chewing her cud. She was uh, <laughs> standing up all the time. But at one point... When Biden was being very serious about the the health dangers that were presented by these burning pits that the military have to endure in Iraq and wherever, and how it brought such health problems to veterans, as he's saying burning pits, Pelosi stood up and rubbed her hands together. Yeah, it was. It was really. It's you know. Watching, I don't. I can't explain. It's it. creepy when she when you see the video of it. it sounds it's maniacal. Creepy. It uh, looked maniacal. It she reminded had... me of the uh, character Fagin in the movie Oliver. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that, but he mm-hmm. was the leader of the kids who's pickpocketed, and he'd always do this when he'd give them the plans. Yeah. Like, like Dr. Evil style? Yeah. Yes. It's very weird. But there was nothing for the woman to be excited <clears throat> about uh, in such a dire topic as burning yeah. pits. Well, and what I meant by she behavior. She wasn't tracking. No, but behavior, when Bobert starts to... to to chide the president. What are you doing? Who, who's going to be a fan of that? I don't care who, what political affiliation you have. It's inexcusable. Was she screaming out about the 13 who died in Afghanistan? I believe yeah. so, but yeah. keep your mouth shut, right? Well, uh, apparently both her and that picture of her, uh, Marge, what's her name? Marjorie uh, Taylor Greene. It's amazing where they're basically standing up and screaming mm-hmm. uh, during the speech. Uh, and apparently during the speech, both of them were chattering through the whole thing and you know kind of like when when joe got into the broadcasting hall of fame it was kind of like when his family kept making snide <laughs> remarks to us it was kind of the same thing <laughs> I, I just you know on the garage logic service road of life this morning i just thought we're bleeped i don't trust any of these people. i don't either no, I, I, not one of them just we're so poorly led and i'm talking both sides of the aisle yes I just don't trust any of them. Yeah. They leave me with a sense of, you don't want to bring this to the show. They bring me with, they leave me with a sense of despondency. 
that there's there's nowhere to look for innovative, bright, intelligent leadership. Yeah. And to think that Kamala Harris is a heartbeat away from the presidency is eerie. Uh, can I, can I, can I, can I? Yeah, we're going to have please? her explain to you. I'm uh, so excited because John and Kenny haven't heard this yet. I want her to explain to you the situation in Ukraine. We have to uh, also preempt. This was on, what was it called? The Morning uh, the morning Hustle. She was a guest on The Morning Hustle. So you hear uh, the host introduce her mm-hmm. and then and then uh, ask her the question. Mm-hmm. Any level of news, even social media, you're seeing everything that's going on right now in the Ukraine. Break it down in layman's terms for people who don't understand what's going on and how can this directly affect the people oh, no. of the United States. Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong. Mm -hmm. And it goes against everything that we stand for. Oh, oh, no. Just, oh, can no. I mm-hmm. Can I do no, it again? Can I do it again, No, 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 please don't. Even social media, you're no. seeing everything that's going on right now in the Ukraine. Break it down in layman's terms for people who now don't listen understand carefully. what's going on and how can this directly affect the people of the United States. So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It mm-hmm. exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong. Mm -hmm. And it goes against everything that we stand for. It's like she's on (laughs) Sesame Street talking to a little kid. I have a couple of questions about that. Well, I don't know. She explained everything. No, but... if we called her, even if we f- could figure out how to get through to her, yeah. she wouldn't come on this show. Oh, heavens no. So who, no. who uh, in her circle, who thought it would be a good idea for her to go on that show? The Morning Hustle. Is that well, a Washington, D.C. show? I am looking at it. it. It looks like it's quite popular, actually. Where? Uh, pff, boy, I don't know where it's based. Is it a syndicated deal? Yes. Okay. And uh, the, the guy she was talking to mm-hmm. is Head Crack. Hey, I'm head crack at the morning shuffle. (laughs) Looking for a high today near 37 degrees under partly cloudy skies. It was a good idea for you. Hey, Kamala, we want you to go on a radio show. The host's name is Head Crack. They're going to ask you to explain Ukraine. He's he's a co-host because he has a a female co-host named Lore. L with an apostrophe after L O R E. Like the rapper apostrophe. Lore. Yeah. Laurel. Exactly. Laurel. Isn't that a shampoo? It is. Thank you. I, I, I'm sorry. Joe, what are your thoughts? Well, it just so saddens me. This, this is just, I don't know, but nothing she said wasn't factual. No, that's true. I'll See? give her that. <laughs> Why did you cut it off? Is there more? I was hoping there was more. Well, it, it goes into an uh, an ad. Oh. And then it just loops over again. They basically, that was the, the gist of the clip. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure oh. she went on to say some really profound things after that with crackhead. Or excuse me, head crack. Head, head crack. crack. Now, uh, they're, uh, I'm looking at other shows. They get some very big stars, uh, so they uh, they do well. I mean, Nicki Minaj, Mary J. Bl- uh, Mary J. Blige. Wait a minute. Uh, B- Bakari Sellers. That oh, might be the folks. same show that Hillary went on with the hot sauce. No, she went on a show with the. They had different names at head crack. 
I, I don't understand this, people. I, I, I don't understand this. Well, okay, here, let me explain it to you. Yeah. In Europe, right. there's a little country <laughs> called Ukraine. Okay. And it's right is it ne- next to a different country? Yeah, it's next to Russia, which is a much oh. bigger uh, country. Okay, and then what happened? Well, the people from Russia decided to invade Ukraine. Ah, I see. And see, that's wrong. It is wrong. And that yeah. goes against you everything could, we stand yeah. for. Right. You could make a little kid's song out of that. Yeah. There's oh, how about a mashup with that? Ukraine. That would be great. But how about the? Oh. How about head crack going? Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Hold on. Let me get this down. Hold on. I'm taking <laughs> I'm notes taking here. Notes. You know what's more uh, fascinating about that? It's very oh. likely that head crack knows more about the situation than the <laughs> vice president of the United States. Well. <laughs> oh. Oh, that one's I'm, getting archived, ladies and gentlemen. I'm I'm laughing, but I'm I'm sad. <laughs> I'm laughing, but I'm sad inside. How you doing there, boss? Uh, you are. You're despondent. Oh, I, let's fact check from the Associated Press. We can fact check uh, both Biden and uh, Governor Kim Reynolds' rebuttal. And. Uh, uh, COVID-19, Biden, several severe cases are down to a level not seen since July of last year. The facts, Biden overestimated the improvement, omitting a statistic that remains a worrisome marker of the toll from COVID-19. Uh, while hospitalizations are down from last summer, deaths remain high. The uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention COVID tracker shows 289 deaths on July 1st, 2021, this past Monday. The tracker reported 1,985 deaths. On guns, Biden asking Congress to pass measures he said would reduce gun violence, repeal the liability shield that makes gun manufacturers the only industry in America that can't be sued, the only one. The facts? That's false. While gun manufacturers do have legal protections from being held liable for injuries caused by criminal misuse of their weapons— Thanks to the 2005 Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act, they are not uh, exempt or immune from being sued. The law lays out exceptions where manufacturers or dealers can be held uh, liable for damages their weapons cause, such as defects or damages in the design of the gun. Uh, economy. Biden promotes uh, promoting his $1 trillion infrastructure law. We're done talking about infrastructure weeks. We're now talking about an infrastructure decade. We will build a national network of 500,000 electric vehicle charging stations. The facts, the bipartisan legislation approved by Congress ended up providing just half of the $15 billion that Biden had envisioned to fulfill a campaign promise of 500,000 charging stations. Biden's Build Back Better proposal aimed to fill the gap by adding back billions to pay for charging stations, but Joe Manchin, God bless him, declared the bill dead in its present form due to cost. Uh, Okay, (laughs) what else did he say? Uh, Biden on uh, Intel, the uh, chip maker, on Intel's plans for new factories in central Ohio, up to eight state-of-the-art factories in one place and 10,000 new jobs. The facts? His statement is premature. That many factories are not imminent and may or may not ever be built. Earlier this year, Intel announced it would open two factories expected to employ 3,000 people. 
The other 7,000 positions the project is slated to create are temporary construction jobs. All right. Uh, Biden, the pandemic also disrupted the global supply chain. Look at the cars last year. One third of all the inflation was because of automobile sales. There weren't enough semiconductors to make the cars that people wanted to buy. And guess what? A phrase I wish he would quit using, by the way. Prices of automobiles went way up, and so we have a choice. One way to fight inflation is to drag down wages and make Americans poorer. I think I have a better idea to fight fight inflation. Lower your costs and not your wages. Folks, that means that more cars and semiconductors in America. More infrastructure and innovation in America. More goods moving faster and cheaper in America. Instead of relying on foreign supply chains, let's make it in America. The facts. It's dubious to suggest that more domestic manufacturing means less inflation. Uh, Manufactured products made overseas, particularly in countries such as China or Mexico, where wages are lower, are generally cheaper than U.S.-made goods. Biden on the infrastructure bill. The single biggest investment in history was a bipartisan effort. The facts? No, it wasn't that historic. Biden's infrastructure bill was big, adding $550 billion in fresh spending on roads, bridges, and broadband Internet over five years. But measured as a proportion of the U.S. economy, it is slightly below the 1.36% of the nation's gross domestic product that was spent on infrastructure on average during the first four years of the New Deal. It is even further below the roughly 2% on infrastructure in the late 1970s and early 80s. Uh, Republican response, Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds criticizing the Biden administration's handling of immigration and boasting about Republican governor's attention to the issue. We've actually gone to the border, something that our president and vice president have yet to do since taking office. The facts, not true. Vice President Kamala Harris visited the border last year. Biden has not gone yet. Harris toured a Customs and Border Protection Processing Center in El Paso, Texas. It was a half-day trip in June. Uh, I have some more if we want to look at Kim Reynolds. I have the fact-checkers on the Republican side. She only gave a 14-minute speech. Uh, uh, The nationwide average of gas was 361 on March 1st. Gas Buddy estimates the nationwide average of gas at $3.63 a gallon. This represents a 50% increase in gas prices than when Biden took office. Uh, Inflation numbers are generally measured by the Bureau of Labor Statistics Consumer Price Index. This is shown as a percentage of how much prices have given risen in a given month. I don't know what this has to do with the... uh, the uh, claim. Uh, uh, Here's a claim by Reynolds. Biden requires vaccines for Americans who want to work, but not for migrants illegally crossing the border. This claim needs context. It's true that the Biden administration does not require migrants in immigrant detention facilities to get the vaccine. The Biden administration did require vaccines of employees of large companies, but the Supreme Court later blocked that mandate. All right. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. Uh, uh, the claim, the Speaker of the House recently warned our Olympic athletes not to speak out against China. Uh, the answer, uh, yes, Speaker Pelosi did issue such a warning. She said she feared the athletes could face direct retribution 
from the Chinese government should athletes speak out while in Beijing. The warning came amidst a longer speech criticizing the Chinese government and urging more public condemnation of its rights violations. All right. So uh, no, nothing earth-shattering in the fact-checking. Uh, who in their right mind would have ever believed anything anyway? It's just, uh, it's, it, I heard exactly what I expected to hear. Yeah. That's all I can say. I, I heard exactly what I expected to hear, and he got through it. He got through it, and I, again, which apparently we are to be uh, grateful for. I, I did see, though, and I don't know if this had anything to do with last night, but apparently now I, I was pleased to learn that the Democrats weren't the ones that started the defund the police movement. Right? Didn't we also learn that yesterday? Yeah. yeah. What he clapped when he said, let's fund the police. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. Because I, I, I thought it was the other way around for two plus I've got years. numbers and numbers of emails from people weighing in on the State of the Union speech. This is Bob. Uh, I'm one of those 40s, okay, upper 40s, who doesn't want to subject myself to public life. I'm watching this. <laughs> I'm watching the State of the Union, and I'm either checking out or worrying only about my family from now on or getting in the arena. I was disgusted tonight before Joe took the stage with the threat facing Europe, seeing our representatives taking selfies of each other before the speech and yucking it up with each other was too much. Right or left, go into that chamber, shut your GD mouth and understand what's going on. This crap about taxing the rich and saving the planet is a farce. If you really believe green is the way to go, fine. Then don't tell me we are releasing 100 million barrels of oil reserves, which will last about a week, and then say, I fix gas prices. If you don't believe we need oil, why are you releasing a meaningless 100 million barrels? $15 an hour was the other battle cry. My kids are in the Midwest, and they would have to try to not make $15 an hour. They are all under age 20. They are in high school, college, and get it. My eighth grader looked at a restaurant in town on the way to school and said, I wish I could work there. I could make tons of tips. Talking about funding the police, what a political hack move. Didn't anybody on the left clap until guns have to go? Just one guy who has had enough of BS on both sides. It's really a hopeless feeling thinking about which political leaders I really have to look to right now. Uh, one comes to mind, Kim Reynolds. I don't follow closely or donate money. I just know our state has fared the last two years better than most. Uh, oh, he's writing from Iowa. All right. Uh, I know uh, better than most. I support her going forward. More or less, I wish these elites would stop the grandstanding. I can't take it anymore. I want an election without Trump and the joke we have on TV tonight. I, I think he's echoing pretty much my sentiments. We just, uh, what, what's the last United States president you had respect for? <laughs> uh, while he was in office? Yeah. <laughs> um, Reagan? Um, I was still pretty much a long haired hippie. Yeah, I was too yeah, young. Same, same I, I with didn't, me. I, uh, I, um, I greatly admired George H.W. Bush. H.W., not W. I know. I didn't mind W either. That's because he said your name. That's what I was looking for. That's why you liked him so much. No, I, I just, uh, he was a, f he had led a full life. He was a combat veteran and a CIA veteran and a, uh, an oil man. And uh, there was a lot about him to like. And he was very natural. People in the White House loved him, the people who worked there. Loved him. I want to pay my respects to Joe Suchere, Thanks, who, George. Uh, <laughs> in his own way, 
The mayor of Garage Logic makes an awful lot of sense out there. Yes, he does. Thank that you, was, George. That was Daddy, <laughs> Daddy Bush, right? Yeah. 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 Maybe not loved him, but respected him for the reasons you just gave. He could run a business. He knew how to make money. He knew how how and where the dollar travels. He was uh, an insider in the CIA. Whether that's good or bad, he understood foreign policy. Mm-hmm. So those are really good reasons to respect him. Well, yeah, he was a war hero, too. Who but succeeded? like, I don't know about what Reagan. So Reagan succeeded him. Yeah. yeah. No. no, no, preceded. Reagan I'm, preceded. I'm sorry. Yes, I'm Reagan sorry. preceded him. Uh, Clinton, Clinton, right? Clinton. Was it Clinton? Yes. I didn't. But there wasn't any there there. Although by today's standards, no, Clinton the is economy a rock was, Republican. The economy was really good under Clinton. And by today's standards, JFK is a staunch conservative. <laughs> what do you think about JFK, Kenny? Oh, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> okay. Well. Bert writes, I lasted 30 minutes. I did not notice the president with a pretend mouth, as rookies suspected might happen. (laughs) But I did see Harris's lips moving to the same words that uh, Joe spoke. I don't think she actually had her hand up his backside, but, you know, technology and stuff. (laughs) I don't see how anyone can take these speeches seriously when the studio audience stands up and applauds every 30 seconds. It becomes unwatchable and a little weird. However way you analyze it, I'm not feeling any more confident, nor am I any smarter. And again, that's the way I feel. I didn't learn anything. I well, what do you, uh, what did he say about you, Ukraine and Russia? Well, he's got, he's, he was firm in his resolve to did uh, he say condemn we're gonna Putin. Did he say we're going to stop buying the oil? We're going to shut nope. down their central bank? Anything that's actually going to make a difference? No, he did not during the speech, but this morning, before getting on board a plane to fly to Superior, Wisconsin— to tout infrastructure, where he presumably is right now, he was asked, will we stop buying oil from Russia? And he did say everything's on the table. Hmm. Or he said nothing's off the table, whatever he said. The United States. So Ukraine is a country <laughs> in Europe. Yep. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong. Mm -hmm. And it goes against everything that we stand for. I did, I I must, uh, Kenny, I know you keep bringing this up and I was meant to check it. I just checked it now. The, they did place sanctions on the central bank on Monday blocking Americans from engaging in a transaction involving the central bank, finance ministry, national wealth. So nobody, no Americans can deal with Russia's central bank at this point. You know what the Russians are saying when they do get to Thank the you. counter at the bank? What? I'm going to need all that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to liquidate. All. I'm going to liquidate and I need all that. Because I'm see what I... Lines at the ATMs. Have you seen those oh, yeah. video? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Around the block. Does anybody know how much money is in... Uh, a full ATM? I have no idea. Because they're saying they drain, they Good were draining point. them, yeah. you know. Yeah. I don't use an ATM. I never use an ATM. Yeah, I guess I wasn't talking to you. Right. Uh, $20,000 <laughs> maybe tops? I have no idea. I don't I'm not it's... talking to you. Oh. Well, who are you talking to? John and Chris. Oh. Well, I, Why would they know? I know a rough estimate because you know my ATM story, correct? No. Before I worked here, you I robbed was, ATMs. No, I, I was working for a... <laughs> chain uh, a health club chain and i was one of the managers yeah and one night i was doing an overnight shift and a guy with a probably like 6 30 7 o'clock came in with what looked like a, a 
an outfit of, hey, I'm here to fix the ATM. And I said, oh, okay. Went about d- doing whatever. And then a member came up and said, hey, how come the ATM's gone? And I went, oh, bleep. Oh. He came he in, the ATM. put it on a two-wheeler, and wheeled it right out of the building. And it was it had less than two grand in it. Oh. From well, those the, things uh, have to out. have GPS units. And oh, yeah, they found him. Blue dye packs yeah, in them, don't they, they? they? They found him within hours. Yeah. The average size ATM can hold as much as two hundred grand, but most of them contain less than ten thousand dollars. Yeah, this one had two grand in it. Like around two grand in it. Well there you go, Joe. That's the answer. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Ignored. <laughs> okay, Kenny. Let's Why do it. Kidding? Let's do Talk. it. But I want you to preface the, the first part. What? The stuff we already know. No, no, I'm not doing that right now. I got a, oh, I got a moral okay. dilemma for, and I know, oh, I have a moral dilemma for GLers. Oh, right? okay, good, good, good. Uh, from Jake, GL etiquette. Good day, Mayor. I'm writing to you today because I have found myself in a moral conundrum and would like both the staff and the upstanding citizens of Garage Logic to weigh in. Yesterday, while going to my local liquor store to replenish the war chest before the wild game. I came across a wallet in the parking lot, sitting on the ice with cash (laughs) sticking out and flapping with the wind. I picked it up, curious of its contents, as I feel most of us would be. To my surprise, I found $110 in cash, along with the fellow's ID, credit card, union card, among others. I pocketed the cash instantly, used it to replenish the war chest, turned the wallet over to the owner of the establishment in case the gentleman came back looking for it, but took the cash as a finder's fee. Am I in the wrong, or is this to be considered common surface savings and loan? Should I have left the money, knowing that the cashier would possibly take said cash and blame it on me anyway, or maybe just paid the cost of said transaction and left the rest as a finder's fee, leaving the rest with the said worker who I hope would return it? Was I wrong? Hoping to hear from staff and all other GLers to hear all opinions and whether or not I was in the right. I will gladly abide by any ruling that is given Faithfully, Jake from South St. Paul. The thing with liquor stores is cameras everywhere. Yep. Uh, I don't think it's common surface savings and loan because you could identify the owner. Yep, I agree mm-hmm. with you. I agree. As you, get to keep, I, you get to keep 110 bucks if you're walking across the parking lot. There's $110 on, sitting down on the ice, and you look around. You might even wait a minute or two. You look around. You look around. You don't see a soul. I say that's yours. Yep. But you knew who this belonged to. Yep. A bat cost $100, a ball <laughs> 10 well, And I wouldn't have given it to the liquor store. Why wouldn't you have just called the guy? Why, well, yeah, why not check but out the... You, but you don't have his ID, phone number, you just have his ID. Well, well you, you yeah. can do research okay. and find everything. Okay. You know me in computers, I can find That's true. So, wow, this is crazy. My buddy Steve, the same thing happened to him at High Lake Liquors 10 years ago. Had it on the roof of his truck uh, while he was loading the liquor in his truck full of cash. He went back and got the wallet back, but not the cash, and he was relieved. Because of all the other contents, mm. including his credit cards, were in there. So he mm. he he figured that a win, even though he lost his cash. He did. Yeah. In a public place like that, uh, you know how evil I am. I'd probably turn the whole thing in, cash and all, assuming there's cameras everywhere. 
Well, especially in a parking these... lot that's going to have your plate number. Right, because yeah. they're going to come looking for you. We just had another example of this two months ago with Howard Claris. His wife found the money oh, at the yeah. gas station. Yes, and they they wanted. That's right. They said that you had to verify the amount. Correct? Wasn't yeah. that the deal? Yeah. You know the o- the other thing you're glossing over. You mentioned that he had his union card in, in his wallet. So of that hundred and ten bucks, what twenty twenty five probably had to go to the union, right? Probably. <laughs> Send your emails to rookie at garage. But when he said <laughs> he said union card, I immediately assumed blue collar, and let's not s on our blue collar guys. Yeah. You know, even though they have to deal with those unions. If I found a wallet with cash in it. In front of EcoFund Motorsports? Yeah. I would mm-hmm. use it to buy something from EcoFund Motorsports. <laughs> <laughs> Including the credit card? Right, absolutely. And run this, yeah. see what we got on here. <laughs> because right now, the preseason sale is is still on for scooters and electric bikes. Lowest prices of the season. There's about a month left before the riding weather, but they'll store it for you until uh, the nice stuff hits in April. Bentelli B1 electric bikes on sale for fifteen ninety nine. The step-through electric bikes, sixteen ninety-nine. Those fat tire beauties at nineteen ninety-nine, and those Bentelli forty-nine cc gas scooters. Uh, I got news for you: fourteen ninety-nine, and they're rated for one hundred and fifteen miles per gallon. Wow! Which might really be profitable this summer, depending on what happens to our gas prices. Not to mention, they turn every urban errand into an adventure. Youth ATVs and dirt bikes in stock. A uh, full line of Yamaha equipment, clothing, and accessories. They'll fix your snowmobile. They've got a great service department. Great people at EcoFun Motorsports. It's on down. It's in downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61. That preseason sale is when the selection is the best. It's Reavers here once again for Chill Boys and ChillBoys.com. Boy, I have to tell you, one of the things that makes living in this state this time of the year a little bit less miserable is bamboo long underwear. That's now available online at ChillBoys.com. Fast and free for all orders across the entire United States of America, by the way. Over $40. Fast and free through ChillBoys.com. Go online. See the entire selection of bamboo performance boxers, uh, bamboo boxer briefs. They are the best underwear you will ever own and it doesn't matter where you live if you're in carver minnesota or if you're in phoenix arizona you can get the same treatment if you go online and place your order at chillboys.com give the gift of comfort no matter what time of the year it is go online chillboys.com please place your order with the best customer service team around and let them know that you heard about their product right here on the garage logic podcast wow this guy wears many hats just not indoors. Joe Souchere. Commercial, residential. This is a brand new one, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Sounds like Santana. I love it. That guitar uh, tone is killer, man. Yeah, it is. What was I saying? Automotive, residential, <laughs> commercial. If it locks, Maple Grove Lock and Safe, they can help, whether it's sales, service, or just serious advice. Rich is there for that. And, boy, if you need a safe, look no further. Uh, one of those, uh, he's what am I saying here? Don't yeah, know. Rich. Rich, that's what I'm talking about. He's the owner up there at MGLNS. He sells more brands of safes. But the one I want to talk about, the specialty, is the best one made, the Liberty Safe, made right here in the United States of America by Americans. You can get on that website, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Take a look at the Liberty Safe showroom. You'll find small ones, perfect for the nightstand or your closet or the medicine cabinet, all the way up to 
really, really big ones that you can store long guns and guitars in. Uh, invest in security. Rich is our expert. Over 30 years in the biz doing residential and commercial security services in Maple Grove. 6901 East Fish Lake Road. And on the web, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Uh, today, kids, uh, your substitute teacher is Ms. Harris. Oh. And she's going to explain to you world events. So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong. Mm -hmm. And it goes against everything that we stand for. What I detect there too is she's almost working to prevent herself from slipping into a vernacular. Yeah, I mm. agree. I agree. Powerful, powerful. Mm -hmm. The word powerful. Uh, she's just a phony. John did some homework on the uh, the morning hustle. Yeah, I head cracked. The fella kept going, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh -huh. Good morning, everybody. Guy. I'm ass crack, and we've got the <laughs> no. VP on this morning. Head, head crack. Head, head crack. He's head, he's head crack. Head crack, uh, head crack is a, a national on-air radio personality, and he's recognized as a hip-hop authority mm. who stays up to date on the latest in music, movies, artists, and entertainment. He previously was the resident expert on pop culture and current events on the award-winning Ricky Smiley Show. Hmm. Uh, he's on several shows, as a matter of fact. He was on something called Dish Nation, which apparently is very popular. And uh, he's been around, it looks like, around 10 to 12 years. And I looked up his worth, and he's worth $19 million, according <laughs> to what I I'm, read. Uh, I'm going home. And that, sh that show, <laughs> the show we just played the clip from, is uh, in 33 different markets. It's based in Atlanta, uh, but it's on 33 different markets and uh, fairly hmm. decent-sized markets. Columbus, Ohio, Birmingham, Alabama, Baltimore, Indianapolis, Philadelphia, oh. yeah, St. Louis. All right, whatever. Uh, there's some media markets in there. Philly's big. Yeah. May, may yeah. I, though, when, when John um, reveals information like that, may I, may I play the role of your brother? Sure. Yeah, but at least you got a new fart button. Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> I don't know why I was sent this, and I will say right up front that, oh, I know what I can do. Reavers, immediately Google the following question. All right. To manufacture one EV auto battery. That's too much. Notice yep. how he talks out loud when he types. How many pounds of ore are required? Let's see if these numbers are even close. And I'll explain further. Now, that shouldn't take you long. Uh, it's going to take me a minute. Uh, okay. A single electric car battery weighing 1,000 pounds requires extracting and processing some 500,000 pounds of materials. That's the first thing that pops up on Google. And what is the source of that? That would be the Manhattan Institute. My God, then, I think these numbers are correct. I was sent this, and I don't know if by mistake or if the guy who sent it to me, Jim Becker, is a GLer. Uh, I found myself reading it. It's a, it's a tutorial on batteries. It's absolutely eye-opening. Much of it we already know. Much of it is brand new to me, and I would imagine most of us. 
He writes, prior to my career selling high-tech printed circuit boards, I started in sales with the company in Long Island, New York, packaging uninterrupted power supplies utilizing nickel-cadmium storage batteries. Somehow I still receive tech bulletins and publications from the industry and recently received this and thought it may be interesting to others. What is a battery? I think Tesla said it best when they called it an energy storage system. That's important. They do not make electricity. They store electricity produced elsewhere, primarily by coal, uranium, natural gas-powered plants, or diesel-fueled generators. So, to say an electric vehicle is a zero-emission vehicle is not at all valid. Also, since 40% of the electricity generated in the U.S. is from coal-fired plants, it follows that 40% of the EVs on the road are coal-powered. Einstein's formula, E equals MC2, tells us that it takes the same amount of energy (laughs) squared. Love you. Nope, stop, 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 stop. (laughs) Do that again. Please continue. No, no, no. Repeat the the last sentence, please. Einstein's formula, E equals MC squared, (laughs) tells us it takes the same amount of energy to move a 5,000-pound gasoline-driven automobile a mile as it does an electric one. I believe MC2 is Crackhead's co-host. All right. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Say that part again. Yeah, That's correct. fascinating. I missed that earlier when we were... According this... to Einstein, it takes the same, same amount, amount of energy to move a 5,000-pound gasoline-driven automobile one mile as it does an electric one. That's good to know. Thank you. The only question, again, is what produces the power. To reiterate, it does not come from the battery. The battery is only the storage device, like a gas tank in a car. There are two orders of batteries, rechargeable and single-use. The most common single-use batteries are A, AA, AAA, CD, and 9-volt and lantern types. Those dry cell species use zinc, manganese, lithium, silver oxide, or zinc and carbon to store electricity chemically. Please note they all contain toxic heavy metals. Rechargeable batteries only differ in their internal materials, usually lithium ion, nickel metal oxide, and nickel cadmium. The United States uses 3 billion of these two battery types a year, and most are not recycled. They end up in landfills. California is the only state which requires all batteries to be recycled. If you throw your small, used batteries in the trash, here's what happens to them. All batteries are self-discharging. That means even when not in use, they leak tiny amounts of energy. You have likely ruined a flashlight or two from an old, ruptured battery. Yes, I have. When a battery runs down and can no longer power a toy or light, you think of it as dead. Well, it isn't. It continues to leak small amounts of electricity. As the chemicals inside it run out, pressure builds inside the battery's metal casing, and eventually it cracks. The metals left inside then ooze out. The ooze in your ruined flashlight is toxic, and so is the ooze that will inevitably leak from every battery in a landfill. All batteries eventually rupture. It just takes rechargeable batteries batteries longer to end up in the landfill. In addition to dry cell batteries, there are also wet cell ones used in automobiles, boats, and motorcycles. The good thing about those is 90% of them are recycled. Unfortunately, we do not yet know how to uh, recycle single-use ones properly, but that is not half of it. For those of you excited about electric cars and a green revolution, I want you to take a closer look at batteries and also windmills and solar panels. These three technologies share what we call environmentally destructive embedded costs. 
Everything manufactured has two costs, embedded costs and operating costs. Wouldn't you love to hear Kamala tell us about this? <laughs> right. Oh, boy. Oh. I will explain embedded costs using a can of baked beans as my subject. In this scenario, baked beans are on sale, so you jump in your car and head for the grocery store, and sure enough, there they are on the shelf for $1.75 a can. As you head to the checkout, you begin to think about the embedded costs in the can of beans. The first is the cost of diesel fuel the farmer used to plow the field, till the ground, harvest the beans, and transport them to the food processor. Not only is his diesel fuel an embedded cost, so are the costs to build the tractors, combines, and trucks. In addition, the farmer might use a nitrogen fertilizer made from natural gas. Next is the energy cost of cooking the beans, heating the building, transporting the workers, and paying for the vast amounts of electricity used to run the plant. The steel can holding the beans is also an embedded cost. Making the steel can requires mining taconite, shipping it by boat, extracting the iron, placing it in a coal-fired blast furnace, and adding carbon. Then it's back on another truck to take the beans to the grocery store. Finally, add in the cost of the gasoline for your car. A typical electric vehicle battery weighs 1,000 pounds, about the size of a travel trunk. It contains 25 pounds of lithium, 60 pounds of nickel, 44 pounds of manganese, 30 pounds of cobalt, 200 pounds of copper, and 400 pounds of aluminum, steel, and plastic. Inside are over 6,000 individual lithium-ion cells. It should concern you that all those toxic components come from mining. For instance, to manufacture each EV auto battery, you must process 25,000 pounds of brine for the lithium, 30,000 pounds of ore for the cobalt, 5,000 pounds of ore for the nickel, and 25,000 pounds of ore for the copper. All told, you dig up 500,000 pounds of the Earth's crust for just one battery. Wow. 68% of the world's cobalt, a significant part of a battery, comes from the Congo. Their mines have no pollution controls, and they employ children who die from handling this toxic material. Should we factor in these diseased kids as part of the cost of driving an electric car? I'd like to leave you with these thoughts. California is building, and I don't know who wrote this, California is building the largest battery in the world near San Francisco, and they intend to power it from solar panels and windmills. They claim this is the ultimate in being green, but it isn't. This construction project is creating an environmental disaster, and I'll explain. The main problem with solar arrays is the chemicals needed to process, process silicate into the silicon used in the panels. To make sure enough silicon requires processing it with hydrochloric acid, sulfuric acid, nitric acid, hydrogen fluoride, trichlorothane, and acetone. In addition, they also need gallium, arsenide, copper indium gallium, diselenide, and cadmium telluride, which are also highly toxic. Silicon dust is a hazard to the workers, and the panels cannot be recycled. Windmills are the ultimate in embedded costs and environmental destruction. Each weighs 1,688 tons, the equivalent of 23 houses, and contains 1,300 tons of concrete, 295 tons of steel, 48 tons of iron, 24 tons of fiberglass, and the hard-to-extract rare earths neodymium, praseodymium, and dysprosium. Each blade weighs 81,000 pounds and will last 15 to 20 years, at which time it must be replaced. We cannot recycle used blades. Sadly, both solar arrays and windmills kill birds, bats, sea life, and migratory insects. There may be a place for these technologies, but you must look beyond the myth of zero emissions. 
I predict EVs and windmills will be abandoned once the embedded environment costs of making and replacing them becomes apparent. Going green may sound like the utopian ideal in our easily espoused catchy buzzwords, but when you look at the hidden and embedded costs realistically with an open mind, you can see that going green is more destructive to the Earth's environment than meets the eye. Wow. That's a heap of learning there. I'll never own an electric vehicle. No. I never have wanted to prior to this. Well, that was the other part when I was looking up that stat that you wanted. Uh, this is, again, from the Manhattan Institute. It, it This is in-depth. I might send it to you because I think you'd find this interesting because it kind of goes along with what you just read. But it said at the end, by 2050, with the current plans in place, the quantity of worn-out solar panels much of it non-recyclable, will constitute double the tonnage of all today's global plastic waste, along with over 3 million tons per year of unrecyclable plastics from worn-out wind turbines, blades, uh, and then by 2030, more than 10 million tons per year of batteries will become garbage. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Kamala Harris that, in, in all seriousness. You got to talk with your hands. No, I'm not going to do her. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> People smarter than us figured out fossil fuels. We have not carefully enough husbanded that which our forebears have come up with and accomplished. We have acquiesced to adult children who have been allowed to get away with this utter BS that solar and wind is the way to go, and electric vehicles are the way to go. They have not been fully enough vetted in their thinking. They purport to believe these things to save the earth, when, when upon analysis, it'll end up proving to be that making batteries alone will be worse for the earth than fossil fuels. But... You know, old white people came up with fossil fuels, so therefore it has to be changed. They must be flawed. Yep. And so we're going electric, solar, and wind, which is B as in B, S as in S. Fossil fuels are still the best answer for free economies. That wasn't Kamala Harris like that was no. actually, you know. <laughs> They're the best. And as the as whoever wrote that wrote there may be a place for these technologies, but it isn't for what's currently envisioned for it. The problem is, that, and we learned this during COVID, um, science only matters when it fits the narrative. Right. So you could lay down the facts and give them to this, and you'd just be a climate denier. That's right. You, you'd be scoffed at. Misinformation. And, ban him be, from social media. Yeah, you no, know, you'd be brushed aside. I think what most fascinates me is is to finally understand that the battery is merely a storage facility for electricity that was produced elsewhere. It's like the, it's like an empty gas tank in your car, and you fill it with gas, which is much smarter to do than to use electric. They're so expensive. I bought a 12-volt dry cell battery for my dump box because it holds chargers longer. And uh, normally I'd pay right around 100 bucks for a wet cell, you know, standard battery yeah. to, to run this thing. Pretty sure I paid close to $300 for this battery. Whoa. <laughs> and I can't throw a regular charger on it. I can only trickle charge it. Wow. Yeah. Would that take you about a week? 
Well, yeah, you, you know that or means, just forever, I guess. Yeah. That means if I have an emergency, yeah. But in theory, it doesn't lose the charge nearly as fast as a wet cell. Here's John Height when we come back. This is Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group. We are coming up on St. Patrick's Day, the luck of the Irish day. Do you make practical decisions based on being lucky? You have one agent representing only one company for your home and auto insurance? Are you hoping they are lucky enough to have the best coverage at the best price for you? One single source? Really? At the Canopy Group, we wish you only the best of luck, but we also believe you deserve more than luck when it comes to your home and auto insurance. The Canopy Group process carefully selects their 40 professionals and hand selects their 16 companies to then run thousands of different insurance scenarios each month for you. This due diligence and hard work results in the best coverage at the best price for Canopy clients. Remember, new clients enjoy an average savings of over $800 annually. That's annually. Contact the Canopy Group today at 800-967-3389 or visit them online at thecanopygroup.com. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Uh Anytime I can mock our uh, frequent contributor, Vic, uh, more than once in a week, I'm going to do it. Uh, and, and normally Vic drives us crazy with the most uh, just the tedious minutia. <laughs> but he has a really good question here, and it's about sea foam. He's doing two cans in his uh, vehicle um, and in the semi when it's low on fuel. That's fine. But then he asks... When is it optimal to use it in the crankcase? And this is something I've wondered, too, and I've always assumed I'd probably do it a couple of hundred miles before an oil change because it's going to knock loose some carbon and crap and gunk in there. Um, so I actually went on the Seafoam website and started researching it. And my answer was close, um, but they're recommending do it about 1,000 miles before the next oil change. Dump a little uh, in the oil filler cap there. Let it work its magic, drive it for a thousand miles or so, and then do your oil change. Uh, and it works wonders. You don't have to do it every oil change, but it's certainly not going to help, especially in a, a high mile uh, vehicle like, you know, semi. So these guys run these things up to a million miles. So, yeah, definitely helpful in that. And, Vic, um, with uh, no malice whatsoever, thank you for your question. That was a really good question. Seafoam, it works in the intakes and in the crankcase. It's a local company, global reach, available everywhere, and truly a great product in a world of bad gas seafoam. John, before you start, uh, mm-hmm. we're all uh, we all have seen uh, evidence of the college age kids in Ukraine uh, learning how to build <laughs> Molotov cocktails or getting yeah. rifles and yeah. taking to the streets. And uh, I just uh, I think they'd be amused to learn that at the uh, University of the Highlands and Islands in Scotland, the uh, students have been warned that reading uh, Ernest Hemingway's uh, Old Man in the Sea could be uh, troubling to them because it contains graphic fishing scenes. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. What? So the academy's failed everywhere. It's just been failed everywhere. But the college wants the kids to make informed choices and warns them that they could find this very disturbing. Well, thanks for warning me ahead of time. As old old Santiago is out there wrestling with the marlin. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Honest to God, uh, uh, maybe maybe those kids, if they were threatened, uh, would come to their senses. But uh, they don't sound like they would leave that school uh, capable of throwing a Molotov cocktail if they had to. Right. What? Yeah. Quick, quick question off topic. 
I started Green Hills of Africa, but it doesn't seem that interesting. Should I finish it? Oh, it's been so long, I can't advise you. All right. I can't advise you. Um, he's playing himself in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, he's playing, Ernest is playing Ernest. Well, there's thoughts that he was playing himself in, in the character of Santiago, wrestling with his own demons about murder and bloodshed right. and right. all the things Ernie saw, you know. Right. Here's John Haidt. Uh, thank you, Joe. I, before I get to news, yesterday, uh, remember, we talked about Jesse uh, Ventura. Yes. Uh, he works for Russian television. Well, in the past hour, he has tweeted this out, so I thought it would be interesting to uh, let you guys know. He tweeted, 20 years ago, I lost my job because I opposed the Iraq war and the invasion of Iraq. Today, I still stand for peace. As I've said previously, I oppose this war, this invasion, and if standing up for peace costs me another job, so be it. I will always speak out against war. So, uh, All right, Jesse. Was, uh, he is a consistent fellow. He is. Yep. He is. Mm-hmm. How do you like the uh, the radio station in Russia that was very critical of the Kremlin? You mean the one you can't hear anymore? Right. They took yeah. him off the yeah. air. <laughs> Never to be heard from again. Right. Yeah. Uh, Russia renewing its assault on Ukraine's second largest city Wednesday in a pounding that lit up the skyline with balls of fire over populated areas, even as both sides said they were ready to resume talks aimed at stopping the war. The escalation of attacks on crowded cities followed an initial round of talks between outgunned Ukraine and nuclear power Russia on Monday that resulted only in a promise to meet again. Uh, Seven days into the war, about 874,000 people have fled Ukraine, and the United Nations Refugee Agency warned that number could cross the one million mark soon. The overall death toll is not clear, but Ukraine's state emergency service said more than 2,000 civilians have already died. Russia claims its military is taking control of the area around Ukraine's largest nuclear power plant. Uh, That uh, is uh, Wednesday, according to the International Atomic Energy Agency. They received a letter from Russia saying personnel at their Zaporizhia, I'm never going to get that. I I practiced this and still can't get it. Zaporizhia plant continued their work on providing nuclear safety and said they were in control of that area. Uh, Russian and Ukrainian officials do say they're standing by to resume talks about the war, although the time and place for negotiations was unknown. Well, in, in all honesty, they, this is mm-hmm. what the second time that they're, they're attempting to meet, correct? Yes, Monday the met. Yep. What's to negotiate, in all seriousness? Well, I think, uh, yeah. Stop shooting I, at us. I know, yeah, but why, yeah. would they, why would they acquiesce? I don't think they will. Yeah. Think so they then will. what's the point of even meeting, I guess, is my, is my question. Well, because that's what you do. Okay. Yeah. So, and if you if you don't, then there's no hope. I mean, I suppose. no hope whatsoever. I, I I needed a few emails from some gun guys that know more than me. I'm watching footage of uh, the Ukrainian guys of training civilians, and a lot of them are holding their AKs by well the handle, the pistol grip handle, but then instead of having their hand like this mm-hmm. on the stock, yeah, their left hand, if they're right-handed, is on the magazine. Oh. Is that right? That doesn't look right to I, me. I don't, I don't know the know. answer to that. No, but uh, somebody in the audience will, and they'll send me an email at uh, whatever the hell my email is and uh, <laughs> let me know. Wouldn't that just chew your fingers off? Well, I, I'm just wondering. It just doesn't seem like a good place to hold your your left hand. Right. You're reminding me, Kenny, of uh, the way you were describing that uh, AK. Do you guys remember the YouTube video that Rook and I found of the army that was training uh, when they were trying to do the jumping jacks and they were holding the guns the wrong way. Do you guys remember this at all? Uh, vaguely. <laughs> That's exactly what I was picturing when Kenny was describing that. 
Uh, meanwhile, country after country has lined up to lash out at Russia's invasion of Ukraine and urged support for a U.N. resolution that demanded an immediate halt to Moscow's offensive. Uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin did have a few supporters at the General Assembly's emergency sessions. Uh, the normal cast of characters, as you might expect, Cuba and North Korea, were on their side. And there were countries that took no position on the draft resolution, like Suriname and South Africa. The 193 General Assembly, uh, 193 member, excuse me, General Assembly scheduled a vote on the resolution for today and took that vote about an hour ago after hearing 120 speeches. Uh, it was 140 to 1, the vote. So. Hostage situation at the Speedway gas station at East 7th Street and Johnson Parkway in St. Paul ended peacefully yesterday afternoon. St. Paul police said after 3 p.m., police responded to a call of a woman inside the gas station with a gun and that she was threatening others. Multiple people were inside the store when police got there. A SWAT team tried for about an hour to establish communication with the suspect. At around 4.15, police heard a suspected gunshot and the SWAT team went inside. St. Paul police at that point arrested the female suspect, identified as 31-year-old Kenesha Wiggins of St. Paul. According to Minnesota court records, Wiggins has no prior convictions in the state, only some traffic violations. She has been booked into Ramsey County Jail for kidnapping, threats of violence, and second-degree assault. Police confirmed all four hostages inside were located and nobody was injured. Okay. I got my own uh, question answered uh, on YouTube. It's okay. Mm. Okay. So okay. thank you, GLers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They acted fast, didn't they? <laughs> they are very fast. <laughs> From the Star Tribune, a 53-year-old Minneapolis homeowner says it was self-defense when she fatally shot a man she said had broken into her garage and was coming at her and her adult son in a threatening manner. The woman's account is detailed in a search warrant affidavit filed by police in Hennepin County District Court as part of an investigation into the death of Martin Johnson, 30 years old. It happened February 22nd behind the woman's home in the 3300 block of South 25th Avenue. Police spokesperson Garrett Parton said a case has been forwarded to the county attorney's office for consideration of charges against the woman. The woman declined an interview with the Star Tribune, saying, I've been told that this is still an open investigation and anything I say could be used against me. According to the search warrant affidavit, calls to 911 sent officers to the home where they found a wounded Johnson face down in the backyard. He was taken by emergency medical responders to HCMC and was declared dead there. A woman told police the man broke into a side door of the detached garage. She fired four warning shots from a handgun to scare her. The deceased then came toward the woman and her 26-year-old son and was reaching in his waistband, according to the court document. That's when the deceased was shot with a rifle. The Hennepin County Medical Examiner's Office said Johnson was shot in the torso. The court document did not say whether police found a weapon on Johnson. Yes, Kenny. Okay. Oh, okay. I think you just answered my question. You might have, have missed. Too. You might have misspoke. Who fired the warning shots? The the gal. She did. did. She did. Oh. She did. Okay. Four warning shots. Because here's my question: If it's a detached garage, that's not considered a breaking of a residence, correct? I believe it has to be the threshold of your home. That's what I thought too. I believe. So she's probably going to get charged, correct? Kenny would not be firing warning shots. I hope for her sake they find a, found a gun on this guy. Um, that might not matter, Joe. Mm. I hope she has a good attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what Kenny would do was retreat to an inner room, uh, and if he crossed the threshold... And then you get to plug him. 
Well, if he was threatening you yeah. in in a way that made you fear for your life, yeah, ga- you know, game on then. Yeah. Well, there's it's yeah. it's there's no question that he was looking to steal from her, but you can't. I, if if it's a garage, detached garage. Warning shots are the worst thing you can do. Because um, all it and, does is agitate, right? And trying to aim for um, a non, like a leg or a knee, you're gonna miss. Don't mm-hmm. don't bother. Go for body mass. God, what and a grim may, conversation. I, horrible to uh, speculate on these stories, but I will anyway. You never know. There may be more to this story. Exactly. Than we're hearing. Exactly. So, That's true. And I think we all probably thought that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, Day after giving his first State of the Union address, President Biden is in Superior, Wisconsin. The president, as well as First Lady Jill Biden, are, uh, did arrive, actually, around 12 noon, and then they're on their way to the University of Wisconsin-Superior. Uh, he and the First Lady are expected to speak about the bipartisan infrastructure law and building a better America at Yellow Jacket Union. During their remarks, the president and First Lady are expected to talk about the Blatnick Bridge, which connects Duluth and Superior across the bay so uh john did they take the train to duluth (laughs) to duluth no they flew there chris oh okay well you know about the train though that goes that way joe it goes to to duluth yeah um i'm telling you there won't be a 1600 (laughs) there just won't be i had to do that for johnny Corey uh, Heppala has made it official he is running for governor as a third party candidate hey it's Corey heppala Heppala recently left his show on WCCO Radio and was previously an anchor, Joe, and reporter for CARE 11. He released his campaign video yesterday. He said, he said, I'm running for governor of Minnesota. That's a peculiar phrase I never expected to write. Of course, I never thought I'd have to. But like you, I'm exhausted by the toxic two-party divisiveness that's failing us instead of honestly representing us. DFL party chair Ken Martin released the, uh, if you'll excuse my editorializing, Quite hyperbolic statement that follows, saying Minnesota doesn't need another celebrity vanity candidate that could hand the governor's office to an anti-choice, anti-LGBT Republican. The current field of Republican candidates for governor, current field of Republican candidates for governor is the most extreme that Minnesota has seen in decades, making Heppel's spoiler campaign even more irresponsible. I think he, I think this. Who is this? Ken Martin. He's given Ken this Martin. goofball way too much credit for having yeah. any influence at all. He says a vote for Corey Heppel is a vote to help the GOP cut taxes for the rich, to fund public schools, and force their anti-choice agenda on Minnesotans. That was, wow. that was a bit hyperbolic, wasn't wow. it? I, yeah. I don't he's think I'm out on the limb. Yeah. He's, he's a popcorn fart. Come on. Well, congrats to all the 13 people that vote for him. That's, uh... <laughs> Next. Uh, By the what? way, I've been uh, continuing my AK where to hold it uh, research off the air. Uh, now there's a whole controversy. Uh, me asking this innocent question was like, remember at the fair when I asked the gal, what's better, uh, corn-fed beef or grass-fed beef? And she right. said, oh, no, don't go there. That's what the AK question is. There's, there's uh, strong arguments on both sides. Well, there was a, a video right when the Ukraine thing started. I don't know anything about guns, as you know. Right. Uh, yeah. But there was a uh, person standing there, Ukrainian, uh, doing a, like a stand-up, not a stand-up, but, you know, talking to the to the right. camera. Right, And right. a fellow behind him was holding an AK, and the magazine fell out, apparently, while they were talking. Well, he didn't have it uh, slammed I don't know. home, or he bumped the release he, button. Well, it's, it, and there was an explanation why, but I... 
being yeah. dumb, had no idea what was going on. So maybe that is something to do What's with the picture. What's really we cringeworthy is watching that those scenes and seeing fingers inside the finger guards. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, my yes. God. Yeah. Ah. By the way, everybody I knows corn-fed corn yeah. beef is way better anyway. Well, oh, here we go. Send, send those to Chris Reavers. <laughs> Stand out of this. I guess this means election season has officially started. Yesterday, they got down to it in Texas. They had a primary. Republican Governor Greg Abbott will face Democrat Beta O'Rourke after voters in Texas opened what could be a lengthy, bruising primary season. Both easily won their party's nomination for governor on Tuesday. Abbott, now in a commanding position as he uh, seeks a third term, beginning his run with more than $50 million and campaigning on a strongly conservative agenda in America's largest Republican state. That leaves O'Rourke facing an uphill effort to recapture the magic of his 2018 Senate campaign, where he almost upset Ted Cruz. Um, not saying people are, you know, maybe not very smart, but the Hubbard County Sheriff's Office is asking parents and guardians to discuss the dangers of a new social media challenge. Oh, according no. to the sheriff's, yeah, according to the sheriff's office, the latest challenge encourages people of all ages, but especially teens, to take Benadryl to the point of hallucination and oh. then share the effects on social media. No, no, don't, don't no, do that. No, don't God. do that. Don't do that. Let the voice of experience tell you no. <laughs> No, 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 no. Medical no. professionals it's say so, they are short. It's so and dumb and so, it's really hard on your heart. Don't do uh-huh. that. Uh, there are short and long-term harmful effects associated with misusing Benadryl. Among them, uh, dehydration, hallucinations, vision, imp- uh, vision impairment, respiratory depression, and more. The longer-term effects, as Kenny said, cardiac issues, seizures, and respiratory depression. In addition, there's also a risk of lethal consequences, according to the sheriff's office. Uh, If you think uh, they remind people, uh, if you uh, think someone has overdosed, please call 911. And what if you're one of those kids that has an undiagnosed heart issue? Yeah. I mean, that might be the end. For the Internet, Mm -hmm. you're going to do that? Oh, don't do that. Don't. Health news, bigger muscles may be the key to a longer life. According to a study out of Japan, lifting weights at the gym or even just doing some heavy lifting around the house for just 30 minutes a week cuts the risk of dying early by up to a fifth. Prior studies show that building muscle is linked to a lower risk of death, but scientists had not probed what the optimal dose might be. Researchers from the Tohoku University Graduate School of Medicine said that Muscle strength training for 30 to 60 minutes every week cuts the risk of death from heart disease, diabetes, and cancer by huh. anywhere from 10 to 20 percent. And when combined with aerobic exercise, you can drop that risk to 40 percent. I like the one better that says, all you got to do is lift weights for three seconds a day. I did see that It's been one. all over the news. No. John, no. I, know, I know a yeah. guy who's uh, for Lent is giving up lifting. Or no, wait, is it hoisting? I believe it's yeah, hoisting. It's hoisting. It's yeah, hoisting. Going to give it up yeah. for that. Well, by his standards, anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, <laughs> let's see. I have no idea who you're even talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Next story, John. <laughs> Moving right along. Uh, Chair Jerome Powell said today he supports a traditional quarter point increase in the Federal Reserve's benchmark short-term interest rate when the Fed meets later this, uh, this month, rather than a larger increase that some of its policymakers are proposing. But Powell did open the door to a bigger hike in the event that inflation, which has reached a four-decade high, doesn't noticeably decline this year, as the Fed expects it to. Uh, The stock market, after Powell's comments, uh, they uh, reacted positively. S&P 500, uh, more than 1% higher in morning trading.
More than 140 million Americans have had the coronavirus, according to estimates for blood tests that reveal antibodies from infection. That's about double the rate regularly cited by national case counts. The estimates compiled by the CDC show that about 43 percent of the country has been infected by the virus. That data goes through late January when the Omicron variant of the coronavirus was causing more than 500,000 cases a day, meaning the number of Americans now infected could be considerably higher. Uh, meanwhile, internationally, the number of new coronavirus cases reported globally dropped by 16% last week. That makes a month-long decline in COVID-19 infections. In its weekly report on the pandemic issued late Tuesday, the UN Health Agency also said that deaths fell by 10%, continuing to drop in fatalities that started last month. And a wave of sex mayhem has apparently, has apparently been sweeping New York City. I saw those guys at First Ave. <laughs> Beat me to it, Reavers. <laughs> Prompting residents to lodge an increasing number of noise complaints to a government helpline. New York is no stranger to noise complaints. New Yorkers file as many as 75,000 a month. But new call data obtained by Patch has revealed that many recent complaints arise from folks disturbed by their neighbors' late-night ventures. From February 19th, 2021 <laughs> to February 9th of this year, the website reported the official helpline, done already, huh, Kenny, received 277 <laughs> complaints about noisy sex. Oh. What's the great joke, John? Uh... One part of it is when man flies on the when man lands on the moon, and uh, so somebody, uh, well, what the hell is it? It's Blue paint. A, no, it, never mind. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Remember that one though? The guy. And then he. I don't. Somebody no. yelled out the apartment window. That a boy Weinberg. See, because it wasn't the day that man landed on the moon or something. Oh, I can't. I don't you're remember it. You're still wearing your banana suit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, complaints were logged in the Queens area uh, about hippies allegedly dressing up like Freddy Krueger and the Easter Bunny while engaging in sexual activity. Is this the loud story still? It still is, yeah. yeah. As the theme song of the Velveteen Dream, a pro wrestler blasted in the background. I believe the joke is... It's going somewhere! Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's uh, in Greenwood. ice cream. Greenwood Heights in Brooklyn, a resident said they had slept through natural disasters, but their neighbors' activities were now uh, keeping them up. They said to get a sense of how disrupted they are, I've slept through earthquakes and fires. I can't sleep through this. <laughs> Someone else said uh, the ceiling shakes and debris falls when the neighbors are having sex. This, there's a lot well, more to this story, but maybe least, we'll just skip uh, the rest At least somebody it. is. Hell, oh, I'm happy for them. And... Uh, Last and certainly not least, I, I hate this story. As to you, Chris, drag it I know. Out here. I'm going to help you here in a minute. Okay. All right. Baseball news. Not yeah, good. Uh, a pox uh, on all of you. Do, do they yeah. hate us, don't they? They yes. hate baseball yeah. fans. Yes, it's they that do. simple. Yeah. The problem uh, is, step one, you have a commissioner that doesn't like the sport, and that's a yeah. problem. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Johnny. Did you see him laughing during the press conference? I, I couldn't believe it. I absolutely couldn't believe it. And he's trying to say, well, we're trying to meet in the middle here. You locked out the players. What are you talking about? What uh, happened after yesterday's meetings, which everybody was very positive about going in. They thought they'd be able to settle everything. Uh, Nothing went positive about the meeting. So the first two series of the regular season have been canceled after the talks didn't go well. Now, that means the number of games to be played this season right now sits at 156. That would be the most they play although that could go lower again if they can't reach an agreement. After Commissioner Rob Manfred 
uh, made that announcement yesterday and uh, did the laughing that we talked about. Uh, numerous players and ex-players went to Twitter, and, uh, boy, they, they were frying the commissioner right and left, mm-hmm. uh, including former uh, former twin uh, Phil Hughes, who who called him a very bad name. Yes, he did. So, yes, he did. So, but by the uh, way, I agree with Phil Hughes. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm blaming both sides, guys. I'm sorry. Both sides. Both in sides my, have in, fault in this, in, yes. In my world, both sides are at fault. But, but, but you, it is a lockout. They can't go in, the players. It's a lockout. Owners lock and up. here's the one thing to keep in mind. It is still, even though it isn't, it, it, baseball's glory days are in the rearview mirror. I get that, and I think everybody else understands that. It is still a $10 billion a year machine. Who should be the I can't find his moon joke. All you get is one-liners. <laughs> okay. How does the sun greet the moon? Heat waves. <laughs> All right. Disagree, yeah. uh, disregard oh, my last question. I was just trying to fill time. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I could find it. I the I best though it. was when you were when you were looking up that joke. Your your mouth was open the whole Wide time. Really was. Yeah. Wide really was. Wide open. Yeah. 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 It's nice yeah. to nice yeah. to see All that. Right. Thank you very much. Thank okay. you. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here once again for my friends at Hofferman Water. They are an independent water treatment dealer. They offer sales, service, and rental for Connecticut water treatment systems, including water softeners, iron rust and odor filtration systems, and, of course, drinking water systems. A new system from Connecticut can do so many things that other water softeners simply cannot. They will cut down on salt usage and protect all of your appliances. Trust me when I say bad water affects nearly every single aspect of your home. Your showers are better, your laundry is better, not to mention your drinking water. And another underrated aspect of this, a brand new state-of-the-art Connecticut water treatment system helps the resale value of your home. Please get in touch with my friends at Hoffman Water today. I had my Connecticut system installed years ago and it has made an amazing difference in the quality of my water. Call them today for that free water analysis. 952-894-4040 or you can just visit them online today at HoffermanWater.com. Hoffman Water, proudly serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years. Good to know. (laughs) Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. All right, clear it up. I think we found it. Uh, We did find it, I believe, uh, (laughs) when Neil Armstrong (laughs) was on the moon. uh, Just before he re-entered the lander, he made the remark, good luck, Mr. Gorski. Nobody knew why. They thought maybe Gorski was a Russian uh, uh, space guy, but he wasn't. Cosmonaut. Cosmonaut, thank you, space guy. Uh, well, uh, he never would answer it. He always would just smile whenever people asked him about it. But in 1995, uh, in Tampa Bay, Florida, he was answering questions after a speech. A reporter brought up the 26-year-old question about Mr. Gorski. Uh, this time he said he'd respond because Mr. Gorski had just died. 1938, Armstrong said when he was a kid in a small Midwestern town, he was playing baseball with a friend in the backyard. His friend hit the ball. It landed in his neighbor's yard, that's the Gorskys, by their bedroom window. As he leaned down to pick up the ball, young Armstrong heard Mrs. Gorsky shouting at her husband, Sex? You want sex? You'll get sex when the kid next door walks on the moon. Hence, good luck, Mr. Gorsky. It's a true story. <laughs> it's a true that story, apparently. Funny. Because he walked mm-hmm. on the moon. Right. Yeah. You recall we talked about the Minneapolis violence interrupters? Yes. Yeah. For whom uh, nothing is ex- from whom nothing is expected, uh, except they'll get paid seven point five million dollars. Uh, Joe, our mayor, when I was working in Minneapolis, we had requested the famed violence interrupters multiple times to help keep the city safe. 
Well, they didn't respond quite a bit. Why, you might ask? Well, one time they said they were only working 9 to 5. That's good because violence knows not to happen outside of business hours. Another one that I've heard more than once was that the area is too violent. The area we need them to interrupt violence in is too violent. For more takes from the streets, just ask, because I've seen all of these exper- uh, experiments firsthand. I've also had to deal with the repercussions of them as well. Watch out for the nukes and social distance, the Spoon Lake police officer. Can we get a violence interrupter down here? No, that area is too violent. Yeah, it's too and violent. Also right. yesterday, I mentioned a Chinese study that said uh, nostalgia is good for pain relief, that it calms yes. you and yes. soothes you. And I got an uncanny uh, note from Katie in East Union, Minnesota. The Chinese study correlating a sense of nostalgia to being able to overcome pain that you mentioned on today's show was really interesting to me. My hun- my h- husband... The handsomest man in the world, no offense to the GL team, of course, you're all quite nice looking, has a trick he uses every time he goes to the doctor and experiences white coat syndrome. Just being at the doctor's office will cause his blood pressure to go up. When they take it a second time, he has a trick. He remembers one of our kids as a toddler. You see, she had these giant eyes, tiny mouth, and huge cheeks. Let's just say she was about as cute as a tiny human can be. That said, Tom remembering Gracie's little toddler face never feels never fails to bring his blood pressure down. That sense of nostalgia and the pleasant feelings it brings calms him. So I think that study is spot on. Thanks for the uh, entertaining show and keep pushing back. I find that uncanny because I do the same thing. East Union, Minnesota. Yeah, just south of Carver. Really, mm-hmm. I I've, I have that trick. I, I'm serious. I use the same trick. You do. I don't think really? of that little girl. I have another thing I think of. Interesting. Mine's a uh, um, under palm trees. <laughs> oh jeez. No, I think of uh, I think of uh, my one of my uh, uh, kids of the kids I used to have, and we're riding yeah. in a boat. And honest to God, it never fails. Never fails. It's good. Mine's under palm trees in a in a hammock in uh, Jamaica. Okay, so it's interesting to learn that all of us humans we share these things and we don't know anything about each other. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. It's how, how I get to sleep. Many what do you nights. think of Tomball? Nice. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mumpumalanga, South Africa. It's on this day, March two, in Minnesota history. On this day in 1859, the Turnverein. A German organization that sponsored social, educational, and physical events gives its first dramatic presentation in St. Anthony's Turnverein Hall. Turner clubs provide a strong German presence throughout the country until World War I. Uh, on this day, I can see that. On this day in 1878, the city of Anoka was created. Settler colonists had first arrived on the site in 1851 and then platted. Uh, it in 1854. You know they call it the Halloween capital of the world. That's right. On this day, March 2, 1922, a group of 155 Mennonite men, women, and children from Manitoba paused briefly in the Twin Cities on the way to Mexico. Among the first of an estimated 20,000 members of this Protestant Christian denomination expected to leave Canada during the next three years. The travelers arrived by rail and passenger coaches, accompanied by 22 stock cars full of provisions, livestock, farm equipment, and furniture. <clears throat> they planned to live in self-imposed isolation in order to practice their century-old religious beliefs in pacifistic, pacifistic way of life. Uh, this had caused difficulties with the Canadian government, which required school attendance and, during World War I, military conscription. 
conscription. On this yeah. day. And the weather had nothing to do with right. it? On this day in uh, 1949, Melrose native Captain James Gallagher of the U.S. Air Force completes the first nonstop flight around the world. With a crew of 13, he flew Lucky Lady 2, a B-50 bomber assigned to the 43rd Bomb Group, refueling four times while in the air and completing the 23,452-mile trip in 90 hours, 94 hours and one minute. Wow. And finally, on this day, March 2nd, in 1974, Uncle Hugo's science fiction bookstore, now the oldest of its kind in the U.S., opened in South Minneapolis. Hmm. So that's, that's what happened on this day. March 2nd. March 2nd, 2022. Thank you, GLers. Yes. What do you think about GLers? Why don't you email Joe and let no, him know? No, I don't. I don't. I have my own little pleasant you know what, um, memory. You know what John and uh, Don and Kenny did on News from the Krabby Coffee Shop? What's that? Pray tell. We saved your life. You're going to need to listen to this if you want to uh, live post-apocalyptic uh, in yeah. this country. All right. Because S is going to go down, and you're going to need the advice we gave you. All right. Can't, Kenny actually predicted when also. so Yeah, it's coming soon, <laughs> sooner than you think. I'll be coming up to your place. Yeah, I have a feeling you won't be. GLers, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button on the YouTube page, and don't forget to download the PodMN app to your smart device where you have the chance to win prizes just for listening to Garage Logic. We'll do this again tomorrow.